0: But I'm Pastor Paul Ramsey, we're so glad you're here at Church on the Hill. We're celebrating Black History Month this month, month of February. This is our third or fourth year of doing this, I believe, our third. And we're so thankful to have this team here that we have. and, and our speaker, everybody knows, if you've been coming to our church, everybody knows Dr. Robert Owens, but let me just say, I, I'm not going to introduce him in the normal way, which I normally don't introduce anybody in the normal way. but uh, Brother Rob has gotten his PhD from Tennessee Tech. He and his wife both are graduates of Tennessee Tech, and um, Rob has had such an impact on Tennessee Tech University as the uh, director of minority affairs, but also in leading um, uh, spiritual services in that ch- in, in that school. Uh, for the last couple of years, you and Mark Burnett have teamed together to have church on campus. Um, he's also there as a I, I believe as a spiritual force there to help support. Um, that school in a spiritual way, even though that's not what his title says, but I know where his heart is. And, uh, the great thing starting in March is, uh, Dr. Rob is coming on staff with us and we hope so. I hope so much that that relationship with Tennessee tech never be severed, but just continue to increase and his ability to touch that campus in a, uh, very, uh, spiritual and strong way. I pray would continue. But without further ado, would y'all all all welcome Dr. Robert Owens.
1: Let us just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you've uh, already indwelled this house today. We ask that your presence will continue to rest and rule in this house today. Lord, decrease me that you would increase and that a of word would come forth that would change every single life that is in this house today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It is such a privilege and a blessing to be able to stand here again. This is the third time uh, as Pastor Paul said that, that we've done this particular service. Uh, not the third time I've been in uh, on, on this stage in this pulpit. Um, thanks to Brother Paul for allowing me to, to stand and speak on his behalf on several occasions. Um, but this day in particular is very special. I think there's something special about the number three anyway. Um, you just need not look any further than the Trinity, the number three, and the power that rests in the number three. So I think this is a very special service. Uh, and for me, it's even more special uh, because I've only got about a week left at Tennessee Tech, and then I'll come to church on the hill. Uh, And this is where I spend most of my days. Uh, So it's a very special time. I have, uh, as a good uh, raised up Baptist boy should, I've got a whole sermon that I've typed out. But I don't even know that I'm going to use it. Uh, I've got a burning word in my heart. And it's really, uh, I think it's just going to be a little testimony, if that's all right, uh, Paul. Um, The title that you might have seen of today's message in in the bulletin or the uh, announcement sheet will say power and unity. Um, And I would ask uh, if you have your Bibles to grab your Bible and turn to the book of Psalms. The 133rd division of Psalms. Go ahead and pull that up Blake. Before we read that read a statement. We must learn to live together as brothers in unity or perish together as fools. Does anybody know who said that? Dr. King. You got some points, Vanessa. <laughs> Dr. King said that at a speech in St. Louis uh March of 64. Uh, I believe it's one of the most prophetic and poignant statements that he made. Let me say it again. He said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. There's some fundamental Christian disciplines that must be present if and when a revival is to break out. Um, A lot of us have been talking about revival and have seen revival coming in vision and dream for years in this area, this upper Cumberland. Um, but if we want it to happen, there's some fundamental things that we got to have. First is prayer. Paul, you mentioned that a few weeks ago in one of your messages, that prayer is fundamental to any revival that you see throughout history. Prayer is fundamental. Uh, the, the second piece of that is faith. You'll see great prayer and you'll see great faith. Faith that's not afraid to die um, at the beginning of every great revival. But there's one third thing that's kind of secondary those two things and that's unity and the United States has not quite gotten there yet now we want to see this is what I want to see I want to see people in the hospital um, get up and be well I want to see our streets change I don't want to turn on the news and every day in Nashville somebody's been shot I want to see less and less people in the trailer park because they're living in the provision of God. That's what revival is. That's what I want to see. But we've got to have prayer. We've got to have a great level of faith. But we got to have unity. That's the peace that we're missing. Now, let's read that passage in Psalms. Psalms 133. It says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I'm going to read several passages to you uh, so we can get done with that, and then I'm going to testify. Pull up Philippians chapter 2. You know, I love, uh, Paul, I just love to see and hear people flipping through the Bible in spite of all the technology that we have now. It's good to bring your Bible. That's the way I grew up, and I think I'm going to always be that way. I always bring my Bible to church. And I know they got them in the pews, but I always bring my Bible to church. Even if it's on your iPhone or your smartphone, it's okay. It's still, You still brought your own. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Go to the book of Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7. when you get there say amen Amen. right I still hear pages turning so I'll wait (laughs) say at home they say if you're not there you just say preacher, wait. all right here we go may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of what say it with me unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God let me ask you a question I'm just going to pause for a second did Christ ever put a condition on salvation in terms of what color you were never did it if I'm not mistaken those of you that read your Bibles and know uh, didn't God say that he's not a respecter of persons then why do we do it and I know people are sitting out there saying, Brother Rob, I don't do that. I beg to differ because if we had unity, we would see some of those things that I talked about before. I think some of us feel like just because we can smile and get along that we've got unity. That's not what um, Paul uh, was talking about in Philippians and in Romans. Let's keep going on. Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Here it is. We all know this one. There is what? One body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Brother Rob, um, I've been in the black church all my life. White folk don't sing music like we sing. <laughs> Go back to that passage, if you don't mind. I'm going to read that again. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Here it is. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Brother Rob, I'm I'm not going to say it to you. Cause you'd probably be offended but I'm kind of uncomfortable when all these kids from tech come over here and say I'm just telling you what people think the Lord shows me these things and I know but that's what look at that one Lord one faith and one baptism if we had unity then we'd see what we see today all over Cookville but we don't see it y'all we don't see it the Lord's still moving at Trinity Assembly He's still moving at First Baptist Cookville. But my God, what power we'd have if we would let some of our barriers go down and do this here more often. Let me keep on going. This is how I am. I'm, I'm an exhorter. I, I, I don't give it easy. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse, 13, verses, verse 12 and 13, I think. Maybe a few more than that. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, stop for a minute testify. I had broken all of the, those three verses and psalms down. I've broken them all down and done my word study like you're supposed to do when you preach and all of that. But this is what this is what I really feel like I need to say today. Um, first of all, those of you that are members of this church in particular, uh, you already know this. Those of you that are not, um, this man that's our pastor is a great visionary. I'm going I'm to stand here and say that in front of people now. He's a great visionary. I don't know that he even understands how powerful a man of God he is. Um, because, Paul, what you've done by befriending me and allowing me to slowly come, become a part of this staff and part of the leadership here is going to change the face of Cookville. Um, because when I, when I come here on March the 1st and start here, something powerful uh, is going to happen. Well, It already started happening. Uh, when your heart said yes to having me come on staff. People sit there and say, well, it's not about race. Um, It is about race until we become united. Once we become united, it's no longer about race. But before that, it's about race. You're a great visionary. What you have done is going to change Cookville. May end up changing the world. Now, I stood over, um, it was after after you announced me, as uh, has been first time you announced me as coming on staff here. And I was over here, in this, this is our choir room over here, in our prayer room. Um, and I talked to Justin, Justin Grant. Y'all know your members. We know and love Justin. He'll, he'll be here second service. Works in the sound booth back there. But, but Justin uh, is a great young man of God. And he called me in the side room over here, and he said, man, there's something powerful going on here. He said, because... You're probably one of the first black pastors that we've had at a white church in Cookville. He said something special is going on. And so that really, that really touched my heart. Um, but I'm also reminded of some other things. I'm also reminded of how at this church, the gesture was made years ago before we even came back to Cookville to have United Voices of Praise come here. And to some of you, that may not sound like a lot, but it, it's, it's huge because the power that comes from unity will shake a community. Um, so that's another piece of it. And you've continued that. These students have continued to come here and um, I look around. And we're going to stop for a minute. Look around at this room and how beautiful it looks. Look at all the different shades of skin that you see in this room. It's a very beautiful thing. Um, I just got a feeling when we go to heaven, it's not going to be all white saints. Not going to be all black, although we think we can praise better and shout and go on. It's not going to be all brown, Hispanic. It's not going to be all red, the Native American. Not yellow, the Asian. It's going to be a rainbow of people. But the closer we get to that on earth, the more God will show forth his power. And heal folk. I want to see, this is what will happen as we continue to unify. And and, and I'm still going to testify. But this is one of the things that will happen. A lot of the prayer lists that we perpetually have in our churches, they'll start to get shorter as we unify and the power of God comes. You know why they'll get shorter? Because it won't be as many folks sick. And those that do get sick will start getting healed. You know why we're not going to see as many people in the Cookville Housing Authority? I'm on that board. Because people will start having money because they follow the principles of God and he's going to move in their lives. You know why we won't have as many folk in the trailer parks? It's because we've unified and we've received the full power of God. And they start walking in that full power and the Lord blesses their pockets. Remember, uh, Joe Nate, how many people know Joe, remember Joe Nate? Raise your hand. Still got a few people that know him or knew Joe Nate. One of the beautiful things about Joe Nate, and I think he was probably, um, in a way, he was was kind of someone that set the stage for what's happening in Cookville. um, Because he went on staff as a young black man who was in touch with his people. Um, he's, He's not a black guy that acted white or grew up with white folk. He was a black guy, but because of his personality and the favor the Lord had on him, he was able to communicate and minister to anybody. And so he went on staff at Trinity Assembly, and a lot of us know him when he was there with Kai Alpha. Um, But one of the things that was special about him that he was able to do was really grow this, what you know now is United Voices of Praise, from what it was. It was just a black thing when I was in school, before Joe Nate even got there. It was the black cultural center choir. But once Joe Nate got there as a freshman, I was about a senior, we changed the name of it and made made it a real organization on campus. Changed it to United Voices of Praise. You know why we did that? Because it wasn't just about black folk singing gospel music. It was bigger than that. What God's trying to do is bigger than Trinity Baptist. And Paul, I'm sorry, if you need to sit me down, sit me down. But you go over Trinity Baptist at 1115, it's going to be mostly all black folk. You white folks sprinkled in. That's not what God is interested in. He's tired of that. That's why we haven't reached the full power of the Lord. Because we won't unify. We still carry grudges. Black folk are still angry. Sometimes we're still afraid from where we come from. We were enslaved two times as long as we've been out of slavery. And we still deal with it. White folks still don't trust black folk in a lot of ways. Because we've been subservient for three, four hundred years. We've only been out for 150 years. We've only been able to come and go as we please for 30, 40 years. It was in the mid-60s. So we still deal with that. The Lord is waiting on us. When we pray that spiritual demon out, the power of God is going to move. That's why this man is a great visionary. And Y'all know him. He's not afraid what's going on here, what you started here, is going to trickle down in the community. I think it's something special going on here. I think it's something very special going on. Look at uh, uh, Brother Perrin Rice, who's coming on Wednesday. Um, He's also black, as you saw there. Um, And to speak to what's going on here, um, you talk about, now this is a We're still considered a Baptist church here. But um, we're talking about Presbyterian. And they made a step to bring Brother Parent all the way from Texas, who had pastored black churches, to come and be an associate pastor in Cookville, Tennessee. The Lord is doing something. The Lord is doing something very special in this area. we got to catch hold of it. we got to catch hold of it. Um, Now, Let's share just a little bit more. <clears throat> look at verse one there in that Psalm passage. It talks about how pleased, how pleasing and beautiful it is. And if you look at the word "good" and "pleasant." In the Hebrew, you'll find that it means uh, lovely, beautiful, sweet. And what comes to my mind, or what came to my mind when I was writing all this stuff out um, was this. Those of you that are parents in the room will understand this. We know that our children if you have more than one child, we know that our children um, need to play and be by themselves sometimes just so they can learn to be alone and function alone. I understand that. But one of the things that touches me, almost brings me to tears, me and my wife to tears, uh, there at the house, is when all, we've got five now, even the baby, because he's scooting around. When we see all five of our kids playing together, and loving on each other, or even if they're trying to do a little chore together. That is one of the most beautiful things that we and me and my wife ever see is when they come together. It's such a beautiful picture. It's okay when they're getting along, you know, and I got a couple here playing with, you know, something over here, and I got another one playing here, and another one in another room. That's okay because they're not arguing and we're not having to run behind them. And pick up stuff. But my God, when all five of those, my little babies, are playing together, it's such a beautiful picture. That's what the Lord desires from us. You know how tender your heart gets when your kids are getting along. Those of you that even have grown children. When your kids are just simply getting along. Come back for Thanksgiving and and, and all the kids are together. and they're, They're getting along. You know how tender your heart is. When we unify, we're doing the same thing to our daddy God. We tenderize his heart. One thing we know about God, that when he's pleased, that he blesses. You go to verse 3. Go to verse 3 there. There at the end. It says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Such a beautiful thing. One day, I believe that we'll see, um, you know, these services are good. I think we've we've made some ground up. But uh, I think one day, we'll see ourselves um, worship together and spend time together. Because when it says dwell, it's not talking about, you know, it's a little service here and there. That word dwell, if you look it up in the Hebrew, means to, to sit or to abide. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and see how you're doing, and then I'm going to bounce out, and I'm going to do what I normally do. I'm going to hang with my normal crew. It means that we spend time together. And in the passage there in Philippians, I think it talked about it being an effort. It takes, it's going to take effort for us to get to the picture that the Lord wants to see from his children because we've been through much, so much in this country. With slavery and all that stuff, we've been through a lot of turmoil. There's been a lot of pain. Um, there's a lot of healing that still needs to take place. So it's going to take effort. It's not something wh- where we can just say, oh, you know, we're going to have Trinity Baptist over at Church on the Hill or Trinity Baptist is going to have uh, Cookville First Assembly over there. It's, it, that won't do it. It's going to take effort. It took effort for us to come here and stay, Brother Paul. And that's no offense to anybody in this church. We knew the Lord called us here, but it took effort. I was involved in ministry on campus. And if you're at Tennessee Tech, ministry on campus as a student means white, right? Am I wrong? We don't have any black student-led ministry on campus, do we? We don't. So that was good as an undergraduate. But when we came here in 2006, we never sat in a white church. It took effort. And I've always been around different different folk, always. But it took effort. We knew where the Lord was calling us, but we had to make a decision. You and Elizabeth really have been talking about a lot of what happens in the church. It's about a decision. If we're going to worship the Lord and invoke his presence, we got to make the decision to stand up, raise our hands, and open our mouth. A lot of it's about a decision. So I look back as I kind of get back into my testimony time I said it took a, it, it took a it took effort it took a decision for Dana and I to come here with our two little black kids and I throw that term around because it race for me is not a big deal anymore because of what I do on campus but it took effort y'all you know me and Paul we, we've gone back and forth about this over the years about you know I'm always telling Paul how different it is and Paul's like it's not that can't be that different. It's really different. It's really different. And again, it takes effort. It's not just the white church making an effort and really embracing other races when they come. Not just tolerating, but embracing, being happy about it. It's not just about the black church coming and visiting sometime and coming and doing what we do. Because everybody can kind of get with black music a little bit and black gospel. It's, it's a little bit beyond that. That's easy. But it'll take effort for us to go out here in the community once a month with the black church and feed folk. That takes effort. It's not easy. Because we're really not used to being around each other. Certain few. You look at somebody like a Jonaid. You look at somebody like a me. But in general, we're not really used to being around each other. It takes effort. And if we're going to see the full power of God move, clean up our hospitals, clean up our jails, we're going to see the power of God come and do what government is trying to do. Then we've got to be able to come together and unify. One of the things I'll share about donate. Um When he moved to Florida, I remember talking to him. I called him after one of my classes that I taught one day. This has probably been over two years ago. He said, Rob, uh, and he loved Trinity Assembly, um, those that are connected to Trinity Assembly. But he said, Rob, it's so different down here in Florida. He said, man, up there, it's still so, there's a lot of politics in Cookville. There's a lot of black and white still. He said, but, here at this church. And it's an Assemblies of God church where he was. But he said it's beautiful. And because of where he was in Florida, you know, there are a lot of different ethnicities. You know, a lot of blacks, a lot of whites, a lot of uh, Hispanic um, being down, the, down there in Florida. And so the church literally was a rainbow of people. And he said it was just, it's just beautiful down here. He said some of the stuff we deal with up there is not here. And I'm able to see the Lord move in a different way. It's something that I've never seen before. Um, and so that really touched my heart. And I know we won't look like that here in Cookville in the Upper Cumberland simply because of the sheer numbers of it. Um, but <clears throat> we still got work to do. And um, I'm going to throw a couple of names out. And Then I'm going to sit down. Uh, the first name, Brother Ben, from, from God's Generals. Is a, she is a great woman of God from the early 1900s. Um, so I don't know if anybody will know her name. But her name is uh, Maria Woodworth Etter. Um, and I, I've been reading this book called God's Generals. The author of the book states that there hasn't been a greater demonstrator of God's spirit since, catch this, the book of Acts in Pentecostal history, other than that lady. Maria Woodworth Etter. Now, this is what I want to raise up about her. The love that she had for different cultures also caused racial persecution. Um, So we need to understand that. When we go and we try to tear some of these demonic forces down, of racism that still exists, there's going to be some persecution. Uh, Satan's not going to like it. He's going to hate it. He doesn't like the fact that I'm coming on staff here. Um, That's why I cover my family, because he hates it same way for you. He's coming after you hard because of what's going to happen. Um, But she loved the African-American and Native American communities just as she loved white people. Um, She's a little old white lady. She preached many times for the black churches, helped their preachers, and supported their revivals. She also went to an Indian reservation, staying for weeks at her own expense. All social classes were welcome in her home, rich and poor alike. Sister Etta loved them all. What you'll find out about her If you go back and do a little research, is that there were thousands that were healed through the power of God as it moved through her. Thousands. We've only probably got 150 in here. Thousands. Ben, would you say maybe tens of thousands? Yeah. And thousands were saved as a result of this lady's ministry. Now, you can go and you can look at a whole bunch of other uh, great prophetic people. People great healers throughout history especially in that time frame Um, and they did great work but she from what I read probably stands above them all Smith Wigglesworth all of them and I think part of the reason is because she was open to all cultures thousands saved thousands healed at the hands of a little old grandmotherly looking white lady because of her attitude and effort to not only accept but to embrace people that didn't look like her and here's the last guy that I'm going to mention anybody heard the name William Seymour before anybody heard that name I know you've heard of the Assemblies of God denomination you've heard of the United Pentecostals (laughs) heard of uh, I know y'all heard of the Church of God in Christ right, Colgix Y'all heard the Church of God in Christ. William Seymour was the man who they call the catalyst of the Azusa Street revival. He was a black, one-eyed guy whose parents lived in slavery. He was a son of slaves. That Azusa Street revival has been credited with being uh, the birth giver of those denominations that I just mentioned. Uh, the Church of God in Christ is one of the largest black denominations in the world now. The Assemblies of God denomination, Trinity Assembly, Cookville First Assembly are part of that denomination. The largest Pentecostal denomination in the world. But William Seymour, a little old black son of slaves, was at the beginning of the revival that birthed out some of those denominations that we know today now that's what i'm gonna read about him it said that at azusa which was in uh, los angeles that blacks whites hispanics and europeans all met and worshiped together crossing formerly impossible cultural lines now here's a catch about william seymour and maria woodworth edder they didn't live in 1999 They lived in the early 1900s, right after slavery. So you talk about persecution. But the Lord, the Lord's love rested so heavily on them. I I told you about the prayer and the faith that was not afraid to die. They had that. So they weren't afraid to cross those racial lines. That's why tens of thousands of people, received the baptism in the Holy Ghost, tens of thousands of people have been healed, tens of thousands of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people have been saved because of the work that those two people did. And what sets them apart and what made their ministry so powerful was their attitude and their effort in terms of breaking down racial barriers. The power of God can move if we don't unify. Let me say that now. We see the power of God all the time. All the time. But there's another level that comes. We saw from what William Seymour did and what Maria Woodworth-Edder did when there's unity. Seymour wrote this. He said, the meeting has been a melting time. People are all melted together, made one lump, one bread, all one body in Christ Jesus. There's no Jew or Gentile, bond or free. In the Azusa mission, no instrument that God can use is rejected on account of color or dress or lack of education. This is why God has built up the work. The sweetest thing is the loving harmony. William Seymour's Pentecostal ministry increased public awareness to such a degree that it not only turned around a major U.S. city, which was really a bad place at that time, Los Angeles was, it also spread throughout the world at an incredible pace. That little black son of slaves flipped the world upside down because of his willingness and ability to cross racial lines. And at that time, you could lose your life. Not just credibility with the folk that you know, literally lose your life so we can thank William Seymour and Maria Woodworth for what they did because without them I wouldn't be able to stand here today uh, Henry, I, I stood over here and told you earlier at the beginning of this uh, service how good God is my grandmother was a mat- the spiritual matriarch of my family and my grandfather there if they were able to see me stand up in this church and preach they would be really touched because of what God is doing Because 40 years ago um, this was kind of uncommon even though they did all what they did in the 1900s um, early 1900s we still have kind of reverted back um, over the over the, the generations what if my grandmother could see me now she would be really touched by the power of God so what do we do what do we do how do we do it how do we unify? And we've got to pray. We've got to spend time in prayer. And we've got to make effort. And it starts with the individual. You've got to make effort. It starts with individual families. You've got to make effort. It starts with our individual churches. We see that going on here. And then it moves to the church but we've got to spend time in prayer. Each individual needs to start asking God, Lord, whatever barriers may exist, wherever I'm uncomfortable, with somebody doesn't look like me, tear it down. We've got to stand up in our households. Men, if ladies, if you're a single mom, you got to stand up in your household and pray. We've got to do it in our churches got to do it in the church at large um, not that Dana and I are anything special um, but I challenge you to pray and to make effort sometimes you may need to go and visit um, see brother Jerry your wife here you may need to go and, and worship with them uh, the Methodist Church burdens and rights and Cookville and all good. White folk may need to go and worship over there sometime. Jerry you come to hear me this morning to church on the hill that's effort. That's what it's going to take. So that's the challenge. I challenge you to pray and I challenge you to make effort. When we do that we'll see the power of God move like never before. close right here, Paul. Um, uh, keep mentioning Joe Nate, but he there's uh, I love him and, and, and his thing was about mixing the races in terms of the work of the Lord. He told me about this uh, prophecy that he heard. This has probably been four years ago. Um, he said he heard a prophecy some, somewhere um, and I can't remember the, the guy's name and he wasn't black, it was a white guy. And he said that uh, this particular prophet stated that um, the next great move of God, the next great revival, was going to start in the young black community, specifically with African-American males. And I, you know, sometimes you hear stuff and, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, okay, yeah, um, it sounds good. You know, I'm black. Let me get behind that. It's all about the black people. Um, And so I really didn't grab hold of it. Um... But Karen, Karen, are you in here? Karen, you remember um, about three years ago you gave me a CD, and we'll tell you how God moves. Yo, Nate told me about this prophecy probably a year before you gave me that CD. It was one night after Wednesday night service, and Karen, who sings on our worship team, called me and she she said, "Rob, I heard this prophecy. Um, I don't even know where you got it from, but all I know is you said you heard this prophecy. I think you need to hear it because it relates to what you're doing on campus." Um, to your job and the, 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 the spiritual work you're doing on campus. So I listened to it. It was exactly what Nade had told me about about a year before. And when I heard it, I thought, okay, Lord, you're trying to tell me something. There's something about the black community. Um, and so I listened to it, and I've listened to it, and I've listened to it. Um, <clears throat> and What's going on is that, uh, and I agree with the prophecy, I do believe that, and, and it wasn't just the one man. There were several men on that CD, that, if you remember, remember it. There were several guys that came forward and said the same thing. Bob Jones, I know a lot of you have heard that name, uh, was even mentioned as saying the same thing about the next great revival. is going to, it, It's going to take the African-American population to get where they need to be um, uh, to take their place is what it was. Um, and so I finally grabbed hold of it. And what I want to say is this. i take my seat. The Lord is doing something special in Cookville, as non diverse as it is, in terms of you look at the numbers. Lord is doing something special in Cookville. Um, and it, I think it relates to that prophecy. Uh, it relates to Brother Perrin coming on staff there at First Cumberland. It relates to me coming on staff. It relates to somebody like Joe Nate having spent time here and connected races like he did. Um, if you look at Trinity Assembly now, some of these kids can attest to that. Um, the Lord has started uh, sending black kids to Trinity Assembly to worship. I started seeing it here at Church on the Hill a little bit. The Lord is stirring up something special, um, and we've got to embrace it. The white church is going to have to be comfortable and embrace what's about to happen. Because I started to see it. And so here in the last week or so, it started, the dots, have started to connect. I listened to that prophecy again last night. And I'm starting to see it. It's starting to happen. The white church is going to have to embrace these kids coming. Because these kids have gotten out of just having to worship with the black church. They're starting to make that step. that has been a hindrance in Cooper for a long time since I was a student. We wouldn't go and worship with white folk. But they've broken that mold. It's starting to take place. We better be ready as a white church to embrace the move because when we embrace it, the power of God is going to move. Because the kids are coming. They're coming. I'm going to tell you something else. Um, The Hispanic population that's black and white still get uncomfortable about about, is growing. Y'all know it's growing in Cookville. It's been growing for the last 15 years. Off the charts. We better be ready to embrace that population. As well, because they're going to start showing up. And when they do, we've got to move with it. It's not about me holding on to what I, my old way of doing things. It's not about them holding on to their old, it's about us coming together. Um, so, I'll say this, we've got to pray. We've got to be willing to make the effort and grab hold, of the move of God. There's something special going on in this community. Let's grab hold of it. Just, just mark my words. Um, I normally don't talk in the prophetic, but I see this. I see it just like I'm looking at y'all. It's coming. It's on the way. We're gonna see healing. Um, We're gonna see God move in a mighty way. Uh, The revival that that we've been waiting on. A lot of us, Sister Sarah, and there more. It's coming, and it all has to do with us unifying. And these, these little black kids, I know y'all tired of, tired of me saying that, but you need to be comfortable with saying black and white. It's not, that's not the devil. Um, it's coming. It's on the way. Let's grab hold of it. Um, it's going to flow down from church on the hill, rivers of living water. There's this is a great visionary we got that's not afraid to take a step. Uh, you didn't know what you were stepping into by getting me on staff here, brother. You <laughs> let me sit down come on Paul I I, uh, know I'm going to ramble on like this but I just kind of wanted to talk to you today because I think the Lord is saying something special prophetically about about this area I knew
0: what I was stepping into (laughs) <laughs> Rob and I have spent many, many afternoons uh, sharing each other's heart And uh, Rob and I connected probably the first year you were here And we couldn't see how it was all coming together And the Lord had a, had a plan from, from the beginning um, the, the funny thing about unity is we all want to believe in unity When we want people to get on board with where we want to go But unity is dying Unity is dying to yourself For the sake of unity. And um, I'm telling you, um, I'm willing to almost do anything to see God do what he wants to do here. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like. And I know that Robert Owens and he and Dana and his family play a huge part in that. Amen? Amen. Before you sit down We want to give you a chance to be prayed for I want Robert to have a chance to pray for you too And we're going to I know we're a little bit late uh, But let us let me just pray right now Father we just pray right now For unity over our city Lord over Putnam County uh, Lord over our state Lord you don't have to drive But about 10 miles from here To start to see racial uh, Things uh, along the streets Uh Father, I just ask right now for breakthrough, and I ask that it would start right here in us. And Robert said this, it has to start in the individual. Anything corporate has to start in the individual. And Lord, the whole Christian walk, this whole scripture that, you're, uh, that you've brought through Brother Rob this morning is all about you trying to change us. We need to change to conform into your image, and your image is to love and to receive and to help those that hurt Lord, it doesn't matter the color, it doesn't matter the race, it doesn't matter the age. Lord, you love us all. You receive us all. And Father, what you're trying to do through Brother Rob coming on staff here and in this city and over our, uh, over Tennessee Tech, Lord, I just speak in the name of Jesus. Let it be done according to your will and according to your word and according to your calling upon this brother of mine right here. Let it be done. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be here this morning and you may not know Jesus. You may be here this morning just to participate in a service. And you may say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. Will you all bow your heads with me? Scripture says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. If that's you, right where you sit, just say to yourself, Lord Jesus, I'm in need of a Savior. Save me, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that I'm a sinner. Save me, Jesus. Scripture says you will be saved. You may be here this morning and just need prayer. Your marriage is falling apart. Your life is falling apart. Your finances are falling apart. You may be battling a health issue. We want to pray with you. We all stand up as we sing. Those that are ministering, come on down. We're going to give you just a moment to, um, to step out and let us pray for you. And then I'm going to dismiss you. We all step on out this morning in faith and let us pray. In Jesus' name, amen.